the Sacred Gyre Podcast, staying connected to your deepest values as you work for change. When I started this podcast, I named it Spirit and Change. I liked the name because it indicated that I was interested in going deeper than just ideas. I wanted it to be about feelings, ways of knowing, complex relationships, and all the other things that go into how we are in the world. I'd researched the name, and to me it looked different enough from other podcast and website names to be viable. After creating five episodes, I decided that I was sure enough about the value of this project to get the name trademarked, so I got an account on LegalZoom.com and made an application. It turned out that my original name was in fact too close to one already trademarked, so I had to find a new one. I ended up with Sacred Gyre, which is registered with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. I love the name because it points to the way I see our lives as circles that never close but tend to return to similar places. And to me, life itself is sacred. Unfortunately, this meant I had to make major revisions to my podcast episodes. When I created them, I did not know what the impact of changing the name would be So I created the full episodes with the introductory words and music, or intros, and closing words and music, or outros, attached to each episode as I published them. To save room on my hard drive, I deleted all but the finished episodes with intro and outro. I could not figure out how to edit all the intros and outros, or how to detach them from the episodes and reattach new ones. So I had to delete them, re-record all the episodes, plus new intro and outro with a new name, reattach the intros and outros to each episode, and save them again. Then I had to delete all the episodes from my WordPress website and put the new ones back in. This, in addition to the fact that I used two programs, Audacity and Descript, to record and publish the episodes. Now, I am not a programmer. All these different programs are unique systems that I do not find easy to learn. So it took me a full month to fix all this. I experienced a lot of frustration. Frequently, I muttered angry words at my computer. All this was happening as I faced delicious challenges at work and at both of my volunteer positions. There were times when I wanted to do nothing but fix the podcast episodes, and times when I wished they didn't even exist. I had to work hard to not let the podcast frustrations bleed over into the rest of my life. I think I was mostly successful, and that term, delicious challenges, is part of the reason why. Delicious challenge is a term I came up with when I was working to change the denial of gender-confirming surgeries by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. As I said in Episode 5, I was successful in that effort, in large part because I made a commitment to assuming that people meant well and were doing the best they could under the circumstances, 
even when I strongly disagreed with their reactions to my effort. I still felt anger, frustration, and fear, but was able to not act out those feelings most of the time. I would take a breath or two or three before speaking or writing my responses. At one point, while commiserating with a friend, I was describing something I needed to do in response to a government official that left me feeling very angry and confused. I spontaneously said something like, Well, it is a delicious challenge. I immediately felt a little smile come over me, and my mood lightened up a bit. I hadn't thought about this phrase. It just came to me in the moment. Looking back, I can see it was sparked by my conscious determination to live by those positive assumptions, by my reading and trainings I referred to in Episode 4, studying meditation in the 1990s, by my dry sense of humor and other factors. At the moment I said, delicious challenge, I wasn't thinking about those things. The words came out in a way that felt spontaneous. Now, the Oxford Languages Dictionary defines spontaneous as performed or occurring as a result of a sudden inner impulse or inclination and without premeditation or external stimulus. That's the way most of us think of it, I think. But I believe that those inner impulses or inclinations are, in fact, caused by our life experiences, beliefs, and memories. We're just not aware in the moment of those connections. Beyond that, I believe we come into the world with different inclinations. For me, for example, I think my introversion was already a part of who I was when I was born. And we emerge ever more specifically as the person we know in the current moment due to interactions with the people around us and the world we live in. Thus, we don't premeditate those spontaneous reactions through the conscious parts of ourselves, but the unconscious and less-than-conscious parts, I believe, are definitely, at least in part, a cause of why those spontaneous things happen. I've also attended workshops where they gave advice like writing in a gratitude journal, and if that were something that I enjoyed doing, perhaps the term delicious challenge might have come up, or I might have thought up the term in an exercise, perhaps. But I don't think it would have the same emotional connection for me in either of those cases, because for me, those are intellectual exercises. I enjoy such exercises, but rarely do I end up with such a powerful result. Delicious challenge holds an emotional meaning for me that goes far deeper than the dictionary meaning of the words, even when taken as a phrase. The phrase does help me to reorient the thinking aspect of my mind, but it simultaneously gives rise to a whole meaningness, something that is much more than the literal meaning of the words, something bound up with the experience, emotion, and a lived connection with my life. This is a gestalt, an organized whole that is more than the sum of its parts. Indeed, I cannot even consciously know all the parts since so much of what gave rise to the phrase was not experienced at the conscious level. This gives everything I decide to do in reaction to a delicious challenge a greater likelihood of having a positive connection to my deepest values. 
Again, it is not mainly because I have thought about my reaction through logic, though I do try to be logical in my thinking, but because of the unconscious connections to experience and belief that gave rise to the phrase in the first place. What I am suggesting is that you can make use of your own life experience if you are motivated to do the right thing. We all have such experiences that can make things we read in books, see on videos, including fiction as well as nonfiction, or encounter in workshops or through conversations with other people more powerful. They can connect us to learnings on a deeper level. Doing this kind of work when we are not under pressure and don't feel afraid or threatened gives us a much better chance to do the right thing when the going gets tough. This brings me back to an important reason why I wrote my latest book, Turning Inside Out, and why I started this blog. As I said in the book, while my story is in here, it is not, in the end, about me. What I am saying touches on things that anyone can do to stay connected to their deepest values as they work for change. My story is just a potential catalyst for you to find your own way of making those connections. Thank you for listening. If you would like to receive notices about upcoming episodes, please sign up on the contacts page of sacredgyre.com.